You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. In a world of iconic rips, immortal solos, the highest notes, and the most guttural growls, the debate of the greats has raged on for decades. And we settle them here. This is The Great Metal Standoff. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash, and heavy metal community, my name is Jason Evans, and yes, this is the 25th episode spectacular of The Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track-by-track combat. And right away... I can't help but sense this one's a bit irrelevant, isn't it? When this Battle of Tool 10,000 Days versus System of a Down Hypnotized was first conceptualized, it was intended to be a light-hearted chat about the seemingly last studio releases by both bands. Well, <laughs> that aged well. But keeping in with the holiday spirit and this being our last standoff for 2021, this battle is mine and your holiday gift to our very own friend and co-host, Imran. Being a super fan of Tool and System of a Down, he's been buzzing for weeks for the day to come when we record this episode. He's even been losing sleep, giddy with excitement. To add to the festivities, Imran invited his bandmate Nick to complete the debate stage and send these two bands locking horns. For anyone who may not know, Imran founded and fronts his own local band called Flood, and this will mark the second occasion Imran has been accompanied by one of his bandmates on the show. Back on episode 19, our Dio three-way, Bob Rules vs. Rainbow Rising vs. The Last in Line, check that out if you haven't, we got to meet Jack, Flood's guitar player. This time, it's Nick's turn. And with him being the drummer, he had plenty to say about Danny Carey and John Dolmayan and the inspiration he draws from them. Also, despite Imran's excitement for recording a Tool vs. System of a Down battle, it came at a cost. And you're going to find out why very shortly. Now how is this caveat going to be shaping the battle? How will this affect the result? Well first things first before we get to that, here are the rules. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panellist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panellist awards it a gold star. We're going to need that today. Go on, soldier side. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panellist tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each. The album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. We hope you enjoyed this special holiday battle. Over to Imran and Nick, half a flood. Roll the audio. Imran. Jason. This podcast is probably two years too late and the joke has sailed, but here we are. I mean, yeah. But I'm excited still. I can see it in your eyes. You are buzzing by the fact we get to talk about Tool for over an hour. Finally. I don't know why we haven't done this sooner. And even better, you brought a bandmate with you. It's great to see him too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good to be here. <laughs> this is Nick, by the way. Um, yeah. 
Hi, Nick. Hello, world. <laughs> How you going? Yeah, good, good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, how's your day been? Uh, to be honest, um, hectic. Hectic as hell. Uh, been busy planning Christmas stuff and everything. Oh, so, that's exciting. You know, <laughs> uh, kind of. Not really, actually. <laughs> More excited for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Nice. Well, we have a podcast to record, and uh, unfortunately, it's not about Christmas. So. Yeah, I know. Big damn. Um, yeah. It's definitely a big Christmas gift for all of you, though. Tool versus system of a down. Exactly. The best Christmas gift you can get. Yep. I am. Uh, I don't think I have words to describe how excited I am. My vocabulary, vocabulary eh, is limited. Anyway, Nick, this is your first time doing a podcast. Yes, I am not sure what I'm doing, but I'm going to try yeah. my best. Well, basically, all you need to do is just talk about the songs. Yeah, easy, all right. It's pretty much that. That's, you know what? I like I like both bands, both albums, so, you know, it should be all right. It should be easy to do so. This would be very easy to do. Yes. It's good to hear you like both bands. I want to get your first in, uh, your first thoughts, Nick. What went through your head immediately when the battle was pitched? <sighs> so, that's that's a good question. With System of a Down, I feel like they don't have one song that I don't like. Like, every single song of theirs I just love. But with Tool, like, you know, some of their songs, which like The Pot or whatever, I just, it's just so good. It's like some one of the best songs ever written. Like, I just can't. It's so hard to compare because they have like some really gold songs that you just can't compete with. But then, you know, everything about System of a Down is just so perfect. I just, so I don't know. It's really tough. Now, I'll get, for context for me, by the way, Nick, uh, I've, again, I've only known Imran for about a year, maybe two, but I never gave Tool the time of day until I met Imran. Not because for any malicious intent, but mostly because Tool never were a thought in my mind. They never really were a band that I would actively seek out. But then Imran, I meet Imran, and then as EP for the show that coincides with this podcast, it's called Mosh Pit on Sin, Thursday nights, 8pm on Sin, we were working together on the show, and pretty much every week for six months straight, Imran would be suggesting me a Tool song. And that's the only way I got exposed to Tool. (laughs) And here we are about to review 10,000 Days, the album that started a 13-year streak of inactivity for the band. And Imran... It's safe to say, with six months' worth of Tool songs you've you've sent my way for the radio show every week, there's only two songs that I've been able to retain in my memory, and that was Shizm and Sober, and I never gave a damn about any of the rest, because <laughs> you also hooked me up with A Perfect Circle, and I prefer that band a lot more. Oh, I mean, that's fair, but oh, yeah, this is going to be interesting then, hearing your opinion on 10,000 Day, because Schism and Sober is, well, earlier Tool, so... Certainly is. Where is hypnotised, gentlemen? Where does that stand for you in your love for System of a Down? Imran, you've talked about at great length privately off-air off about your love for System of a Down, and we've just heard Nick uh, serenade the band. Where does hypnotise rank? With me? Um, look, I love System of a Down. They're one, easily one of my favourite bands of all time. Hypnotise is not one of my favourite albums of all time. It's... Probably my least favorite System of a Down album. So, this is going to be a very interesting podcast. It'll be a bit weird if that's news to Nick, by the way. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like I've mentioned this to Nick before. Maybe I've yeah? I've heard I've heard yes no yeah uh, yeah yeah hypnotize. It used to be 
I hadn't even really listened to it ever, you know, for a long time compared to the amount of time I've been listening to System of a Down for. But I actually bought it. I bought all of the um, albums and CD now for my car because my car's very old. <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, I, I get forced to listen to songs in order in albums rather than, you know, just on Spotify or whatever. And that actually made me grow to love Hypnotize more because uh, it's very unique. The, the music in Hypnotize is very unique, even for System of a Down, I think. Um, so it's kind of almost a, an acquired taste, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but it is definitely I really, very unique. Yeah. That. So just before we get into this battle really quickly, Imran, since we've got another bandmate on the show, take it away, Imran. Let's get to know Nick. Lead us through this. What's Nick like as a drummer for your band, Flood? <laughs> what is Nick like as a drummer? He's a great drummer. Um, oh, right. <laughs> he was better than our first drummer. I'll give you that. Shit from the hip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, he's, he, he's a bit wacky, but I like, I like him as a drummer. So... Yeah, definitely brings a bit of character to the band. Ah, thanks, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Nick, what do you reckon you're like as a drummer? Truthfully, I I think I'm a, a good drummer, but I think I'm a terrible practicer. I think I need to practice a lot more, and I could be a lot better mm. than I am. Um, but I do very much love the drums, and when I'm playing, it's like my favorite thing to do. So uh, that's really all I have to say about being a drummer. But... um. Hmm. I just, I love the drums and I love playing and playing in flood. You know, it's great. Nick, I've got a question for you as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Who is your favorite band and why is it Flood? <laughs> well, <laughs> obviously because of their drummer, man. He's just he's just so well, good looking. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> obviously. What else can I say? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's a pretty good looking man. I'll give you that. Yeah. But the yeah. you know the vocalist as well. Oh, the you know those tones. Wow, oh, you just can't beat it. You just can't Ooh. beat them. Ooh. Oh, I'm wow. a fan of the singer, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And those locks, mm. oof, man. Oh, yeah. Can't beat them. <laughs> also, why is the greatest guitarist in the world uh, previous guest on the Great Metal Standoff, Jack Lynch? Obviously, because he he's just the best guitarist ever. There's really no explanation. <laughs> You'd have to listen to him. This play. is very awkward because Flood don't actually have anything available for anyone to listen to. <laughs> we have one demo that we're not releasing to anyone yet because it sounds. Yeah, cool. it needs some editing. Uh, that's for sure. But I, but I am very proud of it. It sounds, it does sound great. Like the actual song itself is great. Just the recording is a bit, uh, you know. Yeah, needs a lot of work. Yeah, I've actually never asked you this, Imran and Nick. Chime in if you must. What's it like being what's it like the lifestyle of being in a band and doing the rehearsals and making out all those demos at a local level what's it been like for you guys so far it's been a bit hard because well we all live a bit far away from each other as well so that's a bit challenging yeah definitely so we didn't get to do much during the lockdowns and stuff putting together songs and stuff isn't too hard um we get distracted a lot but i mean apart from that well, he, he says that, but like he's like the guy that writes it all and everything, and then we just do what he says. Like, <laughs> it's like we're, we're lucky to have him because if he wasn't writing this music, I'd be there going, I don't know what to do. But so you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but like I don't write the drum parts, so. Yeah, you know. I show you the song, and you guys come up with your parts. So, that's yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. We do get distracted a lot. Yes, and, that's uh, very true. Apart from that, it's, yeah, it's alright. Well then, that was a bit of a flood distraction then. Let's get back to the main focus at hand. Tool versus System of a Down. Furthermore, being massive fans of the band, how was it having to wait 13 years between releases? Do you think that 10,000 Days in Hypnotize was a good way to 
at least start the streak? Was it a good note to end on? Look, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of Tool when 10,000 Days came out because I would have been like six at the time, yes, I think. Yes, we were all been kids at the time, yeah. Yeah. But when I did get into Tool, I didn't have to wait as long for new music to come out, which was pretty good. But it did feel like a bit of a pain, though, having to wait for new music, especially when I was so obsessed with Tool, I'd look up every day, you know, is new music coming out? Is there going to be music? And there'd be headlines or clickbait titles saying, you know, Tool are in the studio or Tool might be doing something in this with music or, you know, Tool might be going on tour, you know, and I'd freak out <laughs> So you were fully invested it. in that craze, were you? I was so invested, don't understand. And how is it for System of a Down, by the way, Nick? Hypnotize came out the same year as Mesmerize. It was only an eight, eight or nine month gap between albums. Yeah, yeah. It's it was um it was almost like a they were like joint albums, weren't they? Like uh, yeah, they, they came out album. together as the contrast each other. Um, it's I I find it a shame that people seem to much prefer Mesmerize over Hypnotize, and they don't really seem to give it a chance as much. But coming back with those after after a break is um it was a a daring, I think, a dare, a daring move because, yeah, you know, they're still very System of a Down, but they're very, very different to their previous stuff. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of discussion to be had. Let's signal over to the godforsaken timekeeper, Imran, your favourite person in the world. I ring the bell. You heard the man. And so the battle begins. Vicarious versus attack. Imran, need I repeat? I must repeat. The only two songs that I've been able to seek out from Tool and enjoy were Sober and Shizm. When I listen to Vicarious, I've now added a third. It's a good start, that song. That's a really enjoyable song. Then again, Attack is also a stellar start. So uh, we're already up for a contentious one right out of the gate. My goodness. Uh, Nick, as usual, on the Great Metal Stand-Up, it is tradition for the guests to begin. So, Nick, the floor is yours. Well... I must say, when it comes when it comes down to it, Attack is important to me, I guess, because it's it was one of the first system songs I ever listened to, because I, I I never listened to them in order, so it always um it yeah it was, it was one of those first ones I listened to, because it kind of has a bit more meaning to me. Uh, because Tool, because they've been so more recent for me, especially you know because Imran's been the one that introduced me to them and stuff like that more. Like I I knew of them, but you know he's the one that's gotten me into them as much, kind of like you, um. I just haven't got that connection with a lot of their songs yet, but the the energy in Attack, um, I don't know how to put it. I just help me out here. <laughs> I, I I I just prefer Attack. I reckon. This is why we have Imran. What do you got lined up for us? Well, before I get into my big tool spiel, I like Attack. It's a very weird song. It kind of gives me like a circusy vibe in the verse, but like it's really brutal. Like for an intro, it just immediately wakes you up especially i mean it's called attack so yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no it's a cool song i i like it what, like one of the few songs i like on this album i like the the weird breakdown ending and i also like the big attack in the in the middle that's so cool oh surge what a man um but i don't know i think for for an opener to a system of a down album it's such a weird song I, like, after, because when I got into System of a Down, I got into their first and second album, which is self-titled and Toxicity. When I listened to Hypnotize for the first time, or even still when I listen to Hypnotize, I think, like, 
what what is this it's not system of a down um i don't know it just gets me it's weird whereas vicarious i listen to that and i think yeah that's a tool song it's it's got the weird the weird bass sound effects it's got the signature drop d tool riff from adam jones it's got that weird off-kilter groove which feels like it's just added an extra beat onto it it's got the the microphone whisper vocals from maynard it's got just a buttload of rhythm and weird synth xylophone sounds and stuff and this really big build up to a massive scream at the end and then a bunch of more rhythm stuff it's yeah it's just a really cool song a very solid opening very cool music video might i add I don't, i'm picking vicarious all right with vicarious and attack i from a especially a musician standpoint i do prefer like listening and enjoying uh vicarious purely you know just like in a fun way like like if i'm playing along to it on drums or anything like that i find i can you know it's one of those songs you can really groove to really get in the feel of that kind of stuff attack as imran was saying you know the energy is there like it's it's great like it really the, the name's perfect attack like you know you really feel it but you know driving along in my car say yeah you know I'm, I'm listening to either album ultimately i would rather probably listen to vicarious while driving in your car while driving in my car you know in general that's when i mm. mostly get to listen to music i thought you were going to pick attack well as a band you know maybe system of down might come out on top but i'm not sure yet you know i'm I'm going to battle it out and see what happens. But I'm, I'm pretty torn. I'm pretty torn. Well, any other album, any other time, I would be picking Attack. It's got, uh, no pun intended, that attacking chorus, and then it just descends into madness as the final scream is let out, and there's some arpeggiated bridge that's lovely. I, The first impression that was set for me by listening to Attack, I was hooked right out of the gate. I'm into this album. But then again, Vicarious... <laughs> I think it just edges it out. Just edges it out by a hair's breadth. My first point's going to go to Tool there. That's Again, it's the third song I'm now going to be seeking out by Tool, so thank you, Imran, for overexposing Tool to me. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> here we go. I'm invested, Mana. I'm with you. I'm with you, Adam Jones. By the way, I think I'm going to set this right out of the gate. Justin Chancellor on bass is probably my MVP. He's probably my favourite part of 10,000 days oh. as as we go along and I'll maybe get into a little bit more detail but my god if attack went so against anything I. else it'd get a point and it only falls short by a hair's breath Nick you got a final answer you were torn I'm I, I'm going vicarious I've, vicarious I've just got to do it yes agreed like I said hair's breath for me okay one nil tool across the board Jambi versus dreaming I think we might be t- I think this might tie it up for me. I prefer Dreaming to Jambi. I'll say that right out of the gate. Nick, what do you Ooh. say? Oh, I'm going Jambi. Okay. Totally. It's, I just, the riff, the, the opening guitar riff, man, that just, that hit hard. That's great. I love it. The first time I heard it, I was straight up like, okay, this is a, this is a tool song that I want to listen to. Like, it's so good. The drums in it are incredible. Like, they just make you want to play. Like, Jambi is one of those songs that makes me want to, you know, I'm glad I play drums. I'm glad I, I, I can play along to it. Like, hands down, Dreaming is a great song. It's written amazingly. You know, again, it's um, it's so system of a down. But I just, it's it's a really fun song to listen to with a great energy. You know, the big build up at the start, though, you know, louder and louder. But 
I don't know. Jambi, no, I've, I've just got to straight up say Jambi wins it for me, hands down, easy. Yeah, same here. Dream, I mean, Dreaming's a very interesting song. That's another one where, like, as I, like, this is the second song that I just think, what is, am I even listening to System of a Down? It's got a weird black metal theatrical feel with all the, the weird vocal stuff happening at the start. I do like the, the clean middle section, though. Darren has some really nice uh, vocals in that part. But, nah, absolutely nothing against Jambi here. That opening riff, like you said, Nick, the drums the drums are monstrous in this song. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the bass and the guitar swap lead parts a lot, which I really like. Um, there's a really nice bass riff in this that plays during the verse. Um, I really like Maynard's vocals as well. It's kind of got this weird bluesy flair to it um, yep. that I really like. Plus the breakdown and the talk box solo. The the solo apparently was inspired by Joe Walsh, I think, from the Eagles, who I think he used a talk box in uh, one of his songs. And Adam Jones was like, yeah, amazing solo. Absolutely no question. Jambi. Well, screw you. I'll take Dreaming. I'll tie this up. This is going down for <laughs> me. I'm interested in Run. I, the, I listened to Hypnotize to prepare for this podcast. By comparison's sake, I decided to listen to Toxicity. Again, stellar album by System of a Down, but I'm a bit confused as to what you mean by, again, as someone who's not, hasn't done a deep dive into System of a Down as of until now, I don't quite get what you mean by saying, is this System of a Down? What do you mean by that? I don't, well, I hadn't listened to, uh, to Hypnotize for a long while when I was a System of a Down fan. I was, I'm familiar with the, their first and second album and still this album, although I didn't listen to still this album for a while as well. Um, and Mesmerize, of course, but I'm familiar with Mesmerize more now than I was back in the day. But I don't know, like, the the comparison between the Toxicity era and Hypnotize, Hypnotize feels more like an experimental pop-punk, almost theatre-type work, whereas, you know, with, of course, like, some System of a Down-type, like, things that they do, I don't know exactly how to explain it. Um, Toxicity, I feel like, had a very signature sound to it like you when you listen to a song of toxicity that's immediately like yeah like no other band sounds like this um like you know it's you almost can't classify it as a genre it's it's just everywhere and all over the joint and hypnotize just has so much happening that i feel like they're it's almost like they're reaching to do something that they probably shouldn't have I don't Sounds know, maybe like you're saying it, some of but... it's working for you, some of it isn't. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I feel that. The way I saw it, the drumming on Dreaming is goddamn intense. Yeah, that's oh, for yeah. sure. Vocally, however, I thought Surge was better on Attack in the verses than he was on Dreaming. I wasn't quite sure about the high registered thing, but it was very curious to hear those vocal layerings that were going on in the pre-chorus. It was kind of like what Haken did with the song Cockroach King, where there's a a main vocal line, but then there's like three different vocal line, three vocal lines going on in different channels at the same time and it sends you out of whack a little bit. Other than that, I just enjoyed, you know, the hooks of, you know, dreaming, of screaming and and things like that. So those are my reasons as to why I'm taking dreaming and I'm really glad, Imran, you were talking about how there's a bit of a pop-punk approach because that comes up, I think, a lot more prevalently in the next track, I think. Here we go. We'll move <laughs> on to the next track anyway. Wings for Marie, part one, versus Kill, Rock and Roll. First things first, Darren's singing about he sounds like an asshole. Uh, well, <laughs> vocally, I mean, vocally... It's not great. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll be perfectly blunt there. And 
no, no, I've written in my notes here, pop punk chorus. It's you're right, Imran. There are elements of kind of a pop punk styling across Hypnotize. Kill Rock and Roll is one of those tracks. Wings for Marie Part One. Not much happened for the first thirty seconds, and I wasn't a fan of the psychedelic stuff in this particular instance. I, I'm not going to bash it that hard because I just think it's just my personal tastes coming into play here. But Wings for Marie wasn't much for me. Well, to be fair, Wings for Marie is the prelude to a part two that goes for eleven minutes. So, like, there's of course there's stuff going on, but like it's. It, it's there's not as much going on as the part two, obviously, which we'll get into, obviously. But yeah, I mean, I really like that the rotary effect on the guitar, the, which, like you said, I guess is the psychedelic stuff. Is that um, what gives it the impression of that it's traveling across your channels if you were like listening to it with headphones across, and that kind yeah. of thing? It's kind of moving left yeah. and right into the center. Yeah, it moves left and right. It speeds up. It slows down. It's really cool. I I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I think Hendrix does it a lot. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, like you said, the, for the first 30 seconds, is like this weird um, like meditation kind of sound coming slowly in. I like how the vocals really slowly build up. But yeah, I think the second half of this song is what kind of makes it. After the big um, wall of sound that just like hits you, and then suddenly there's all of this reverb and empty space. Kind of kind of feels like you're like floating around in this big like empty space that's like a limbo or something i don't know but yeah there's like one looping guitar riff one looping bass riff riff sorry a drum pulse kind of happening maynard doing his thing over the top kind of like i don't know singing out into nothing i really like this song it's not a top three off of Ten Thousand days but i think it's really interesting and it perfectly leads into the next song as well so yeah i mean kill the only note I've got for Kill Rock and Roll is it's literally a pop-punk song. So I'm picking Wings for Marie. Just on that fact alone, that's nice. That's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you say, Nick? Um, Straight up, I don't even really have to like argue it. I I pick Kill Rock and Roll. I've It's actually always been one of my favourite songs on the Hypnotize album. I always liked it. I just thought it had a really, a really fun feel to it. And I like the supposed backstory about the rabbit... <laughs> that that he supposedly run um that Darren supposedly ran over, which I think is kind of funny that he named rock and roll. Um, oh what? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? legit. I, yeah, I didn't know he, about I, this. Yeah, but apparently it was something like um <laughs> he ran over this rabbit this one time and he called it rock and roll, so he you know the song I killed rock and roll. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always like that. Of course, that. Darren would do something like that. Yeah, exactly. I just thought that was great. And <laughs> Wings for Marie, you know, I I really do like, you know, it's kind of like what you're saying about the reverb and everything. I'm, it's, again, a very, um, te- technically speaking, it's a very complex and very well-written song, but it's, one, not my kind of thing, and two, it really is just almost an intro for 10,000 Days. So, you know, I'm, I've got to go with Kill Rock and Roll, pretty much. I'm going to join you there, Nick. Kill Rock and Roll for me. Uh, yeah. Pretty much for the reasons you've mentioned. Also, the fact that we're calling it a, an elongated intro into 10,000 days, you, then you don't need to be doing that in six minutes. Yeah. You could probably chop but that Jason, in half. It, it's Tool. What do you expect? <laughs> I am still new to Tool. I, I will concede that. <laughs> nah, Kill Rock and Roll for me, uh, for the reasons Nick had just mentioned there. Despite the fact Kill Rock and Roll probably isn't 
that highly high on my list in terms of hypnotized favorites, but it'll still get the point nonetheless. Let's talk about 10,000 Days, or in brackets, Wings Part 2, going up against the title track for Hypnotize, Hypnotize. Also probably the lead single off the album. We'll start with 10,000 Days because we've been talking about that. Imran, 11 minutes to discuss. Off you go. 11 minutes and 13 seconds to be exact, but oh, where do I begin? Firstly, the bass line. The, ho- the bass line that just carries through the whole song. I think it's one of the only bass lines where Justin Chancellor uh, uses his fingers instead of a pick. It starts off a lot more subtle and a lot more calmer. That's how, he, that's how he gets that really crunchy sound. But yeah, he uses his fingers in this, which is a lot more somber, a lot more chill, laid back. You've got the weird guitar sounds coming in. I love it, this whole song. I once um, put this song in Audacity. I forget why. But I distinctly remember the wavelength of this song is like a perfect line going, like just getting bigger and bigger as like a slow build. It kind of blew my mind because to me, this song was cut into two. It was the clean part and the the heavy part with the solo. But the fact that it just opens up perfectly and just maintains that the build and the wave of the wavelength is definitely a big thing for me because like the fact that they managed to do that, the fact that it's produced that well, that they like all the sounds that they added, that everything just combines and builds up to this big ending this really big finale of a sort like yeah um what else is there to say maynard of course lamenting the whole song um his vocals on this track are a lot more low-key but very powerful i'd say he's got some really nice harmonies in the in the middle section that i really like it's it sounds like he's layered like four or five vocals over the top of that but it's really cool um of course, the give me my, give me my wings. It's so good. Apparently, there's a, um, if you put uh, Wings for Marie Part 1 um, at a specific point in this song, um, it like perfectly loops with the end of the track. How it, because the ending of it, um, uh, what's, hang on, my brain just shut off. The ending of it is almost identical to the ending of Wings for Marie Part 1. So if it if you play it at the same time together, um, it like syncs up and everything just kind of joins together. And apparently this works only if you put uh, the final track on 10,000 Days, which is Virginity Tress, I think that's how you pronounce it, I don't know, right at the start of the song, because that syncs up with... Uh, 10,000 Days Part 2. It's a really weird Easter egg, but that's definitely something that Tool would do. And do you hear that, dear listeners? That's the sound of Imran's third eye awakening as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what do you got? Oh, I just opened so hard. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> well, I don't have nearly as much in-depth knowledge or, um, what's the word? Or... I don't happen to have the third eye that Imran has about about Tool, so I can't go nearly as deep as him. Uh, however, what I can say is, uh, when it comes to 10,000 Days and Hypnotize, I'm not really a fan of either of them. Um, <laughs> even though they're both uh, pretty much the, the titles of the album. I just... They're not... I don't mind 
hypnotized, and I don't mind uh, 10,000 Days. Like, they have some really cool parts, but it's just not my style of music is all. Uh, however, if, you know, uh, there's parts that I'd pick out, 10,000 Days, I really love, you know, as Imran said before, the bass line, the repeating bass line is sick. It's just, it's kind of what keeps you listening. Uh, like, I, I bought this album uh, only for a couple songs, but I've given everything a listen, and the bass line in the song is kind of what kept me going through it. Uh, I also really liked the unique, um, I think it's like the storm sound effects that they, they use in it. Mm. That was, I'd never heard that in a song before, only, uh, you know, that meditation stuff, which I thought was really unique and really cool. So I, I really did like that, and I think it actually really worked. Um, so Hypnotize, I, uh, I don't know, it's a bit, I don't, Weird. Weird and kind of boring. I, I don't... It doesn't really stand out to me as a System of a Down song. I, it doesn't really interest me, and it's not really my kind of thing. There's nothing about it to me that stands out um, any more than any of their other songs. Like, you know, there's no crazy drums, no crazy guitar, the lyrics aren't, you know, special. There's just nothing really stands out to me about it. Uh, so I've definitely... I definitely go with 10,000 Days in this, just because I think... It was kind of, you know, I mean, maybe not for Tool, but in general in music, it was kind of different and daring, and it worked, and it was really cool. I will read them for you. Um, Serge and Darren, call and response. I, I kind of liked that in the in the verse. Serge Apart was better that, vocally than Darren, though, I think, in that song. He's always better vocally, Jason. Come on. You are right. In fairness, Darren, at least on, at least on like songs like Lost in Hollywood, is very good in situations like that. Well, but, yeah. yeah, maybe not hypnotised. No, Darren has his moments, I will say that, but Serge, Serge is like a father to me. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing. You um, even look the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're both from the same country, come on. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that's the only thing I liked about the song. My next point was, I don't like this song. And that was wow. all of my notes on Hypnotize. <laughs> I always Damn. thought I was crazy for not liking this song because every, every system of a down fan that I know is always like, oh my god, Hypnotize. It's the best song. And I'm just like, I, I don't like it. What's so special about it? I, I don't know. It's not the best song on the album. I took away uh, from the drum break in this particular song. If the drum break wasn't there and you just had that melodic guitar going on in the bridge, it would sound very zen. It would sound very meditative, sound very relaxing. But with the added drum break going on in that bridge it the guitar melody actually makes it sound like it's generating a lot more tension than you'd expect and i kind of admired that part about it and it's also a bit more focused on just simplistic chugging heavy riffs ah yeah and it's also it's over it's over in three minutes i can it's much more digestible than Ten Thousand days for me at this rate so i think just for personal choice i'm going to be committing sacrilege here and taking hypnotize uh, that is blasphemy. Cannot believe you've done this, Jason. Ah, well, but but no. But, uh, then again, 10,000 days. I'm very glad you brought up the, the main line of a will be mine, she'll be... What's the lyric again? Sorry. Give me my... Give, give me, me my, my wings. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that gives that gives a very uh, nice piece of subtle intensity to it. That's, I think, going to be the key word here. There is this element of intensity throughout both but they're done in a very different way. Also, there was this sound that Adam Jones was making with his guitar that made it sound very deserty, and I'm very curious as to what that was, because I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Um, Ron, would you know any answer to that? I've, in that song, I think 
he uses a lot of distortion. Yeah. Um, especially in that break where everything just opens up and becomes like a big... Uh, it feels like a big sandstorm, almost. Like you're being hit by like a lot of wind. Especially um, in that vocal moment. In that in that moment. Yeah, well, in, in um, that moment we've been talking about with Maynard. Yeah. There. Other than that, there was a moment where Jones was getting very fuzzy on the guitar, and I'm like... That's really elongated and I don't care for it. But again, Chancellor and Carey mm. on the bass and the drums, they're carrying oh, yeah. the song for me to a certain extent. They, through the solo, they kill that part. Yeah, There's, I prefer that more just, than the solo. I don't blame you, actually. Yeah, the solo is, like, it's it's a good solo. It's very Adam Jonesy, like, very droney and, like, very simplistic. But, yeah, uh, Adam Jones, um, no, Justin Chancellor and Danny Carey absolutely kill it during that part. There we have it. Okay, so what we've got now is a score check. Currently, for myself, Hypnotizer's in the lead 3-1. to one. Nick, 10,000 days, 3-1. to one. Imran, 4-zip, 10,000 days. Yet to give Hypnotize a point. I swear I love System of a Down. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> as a drummer, Nick, who do you relate to more as a drummer, Danny Carey or John Dolmayan? From, I think, uh, without sounding, what's the word, like, uh... Well, who do you draw more inspiration from, Carrie or Dolmayan? Inspiration, Dolmayan, but I think, naturally, John is just, uh, who I seem to play, play naturally as more, if you know what I mean. It seems to be just, uh, how I have always played, I think that's originally actually why I loved System so much, but, you know, Tool... That's kind of what I aspire to play more like. I, I want to I want to try and you know evolve and change my style and really um, learn to just naturally play a bit more like them. Sweet. All right. Coming up now is the pot, probably one of the bigger hits for By Tool versus Stealing Society, another punk rock uh, inspired number there, Imran. Oh yeah, this is probably the most punk rock that System of a Down have ever gotten. This is like Green Day fused with The Clash, fused with, insert other pop punk band into the... <laughs> I was, I was, I wrote down in my notes there, oh, Darren, he's punk influenced, isn't he? Because it felt very Ramones-ish. Yeah. But it was only in those parts. Everything else felt a bit thrashy. Yeah, everything was very, yeah. Um, I like the the transition from like in the from the verse into the bridge there's like a it's like a weird breakdown transition but it's i really like how it transitions from the uh from the verse but the rest of it is very very punky it's got that the la 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 that part as well it's yeah punk that's all i can say about it share the sentiment nick yeah i mean it's the most like punky kind of like thrash punk obviously not just just thrash but by far, it's it stands out in you know the uh, library of System of a Down songs. It definitely stands out as by far probably the most punky, thrashy song they have like that. If I'm the pick between the two, well, I'm sorry, but the pot is probably one of my favourite songs of all time. So not much, nothing's really going to compete with that. Uh, you know, you just you, you can't beat it. Everything about it is perfect. But um. You know, back to Stealing Society. It's it, it's a great song. I I actually think um for how for how different it was for them to um do kind of uh you know something a bit more punky like that. They did a really good job. Um, I definitely you know it's something I really enjoy listening to, and I think they could do more stuff like that. 
uh, in that kind of style that would really work for them because it's you know it's really fun to listen to but you know the the pot like you know the lyrics the the bass line the guitar the drum the drums man the drums in the pot you can't beat them i like i have been watching um because i i want to learn it i haven't gotten around to that yet but i've been watching uh drum covers on youtube and stuff like that that's how i teach myself you know watching them play and it's just it's even more complex and intricate than you even realize listening to it like watching people play it it's crazy man like it's it's so good it's just it's such a good piece of music so you know between the two the pot just absolutely dominates pretty much anything else in this list the pot would dominate to be honest um <laughs> I just, you know, it's that good of a song, at least to me. But yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I had the honor of seeing Tool live, the absolute honor oh. of seeing them live right before COVID. I remember you and... sharing the stories in the studio from the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was so close I... to lockdown. It's amazing, isn't it? It was. It was. I remember. Um, I think that was like the first time I heard about COVID. Was um, I. I don't know if it was that show or another one. There was a COVID case at this at the tool show because there was two here. Um, but I remember that was the first time. Besides that, I had the absolute honor of seeing them live, and the pot was definitely one of the standouts of that show. That song just hits you. It just right from the get go. It's just Maynard. The first time I ever listened to this song, I I didn't compute that that was Maynard singing because it's so different, kind of stylistically, or like the tone of his voice, but. Right from the get-go, you've got the vocals, and then you've got the bass coming in. You've got the the slow, the slow drone of the guitar, the weird drum pattern, and then that riff uh, just comes in like a. That's probably one of my favorite Tool riffs. It's so basic, it's so simple, but it just hits. I don't know. It's just it's a Tool riff, and I love it. It's the uh, the only criticism I'd have to say about it is the breakdown is slightly underwhelming. But the rest of it is just, it's just like one of those songs that's just, it's just a really solid song. Everything about it works. It's structured really well. It, like it, it flows. Maynard definitely, I think, is the standout on the track. His vocals on it are just outstanding. Yeah. It certainly is a good vocal performance by Maynard there. Uh, and I will say, I don't think there was much fancy things going on with the guitar there in terms of riffage it just was more to punctuate the bass line at least that's how what i got out of that i'm not sure what you got out of that it's a very simple uh, part but it works yeah punctuates the bass line for me i see what you mean by there is a breakdown there where it is just signature tool and it's take it or leave it i thought the build that they had into uh, they have these sections where they just build and generate as much tension into the big euphoric parts of the pot I thought the euphoric moments of the part were a bit underwhelming, but I did enjoy the build to get there, so I won't be too harsh on that. Other than that, Stealing stealing Society, it's take it or leave it. I don't mind it, but it's a very take it or leave it. I don't know. It's a fun song, but it's going up against the pot, so there's really no competition here. I very nearly would have gone Stealing Society had we not had this conversation. I'll take the pot. And that would mean all three of us are in agreement. That's... It's lovely. Yeah. Fantastic. We're all lining up to celebrate the pot. Fantastic. Let me just say about the pot, you know, it manages to keep a solid, I think it's a 3-4 beat most of the way through, but um, while doing that... I think that, it's in 4-4. Four, four. Is it? It is in 4-4. Four, four. Um, I can check. Quick Google search. 
And better still, if Nick gets this wrong, fact check us with the correct answer. Facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod. While, <laughs> while Nick Googles that, we'll also get his opinion on the next track, Lepan Conjuring versus Tentative, because my view, Lepan Conjuring does exactly what it says on the tin, whereas Tentative is probably the song that grew on me the most listening to Hypnotize. Tentative, um, it's a very, very interesting song. Um, I I like the, the weird off-sounding riff. There's like a really weird chord that he plays there. Um, but Surge goes absolutely nuts in the verse. I am all for that. I really like that. Um, I like the chill clean stuff. There's a part towards the end where um, there's like the, the chill clean part and then they like explode in with the the heavy stuff and then they go back to the chill like nice zen stuff and then slams back in i don't know i don't think that was necessary but the rest of it was pretty solid i i did enjoy this song a lot i'll give it a, i'll get it over with immediately it's the point for me the pan conjuring did nothing for me i was gonna say like i can't really pick the pan conjuring for anything like it's you know it's Ooh, <laughs> that's it yeah Ooh, yeah you know if maybe if I knew what Lipan conjuring meant, maybe if like a, <laughs> some kind of spirit summoned into my room while that was playing, I would have given it a point. But uh, I'm gonna pick tentative. I I did enjoy myself when I listened to that song. Surge definitely, I think, was the standout for me. Certainly, um, so especially in the chorus where you are hanging on every word, at least in my view, it goes from manic, oh, yeah. but then it. I'm not sure how well it transitions in from the manic verse riff into that pre-chorus melodic part, but the melodic part into the chorus transitions beautifully, and it sets up a really good chorus. Uh, Yeah, I think so as well. What do you got there, Nick? Well, just before, uh, you're right, um, the pot opens in 4-4, but later on switches to uh, uh, 3-4, and then it goes to 9-8 later, I think. It changes a bit in time signatures. Anyway, that was just the research I had from before. (laughs) Um, Le Pan Conjuring is... Is it even really a song, to be honest? Not to be... It's an interlude. Yeah, really. I mean, it is. Um, I You can't really compare them because of that. It's not... It would be very bold to give it a point, Nick. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, um, Tentative is... It's... it's. I mean, it's a great song. I I love it. Again, it's also not one of my favourites, but just compared to, like, um, Lupin Conjuring, you can't really compare them. It's just... It's not... I mean, as Imran was saying before, I, I just feel like I can't even... I can't even fight for Conjuring, you know? It's, it hasn't really got anything going for it. Except, you know, unless something actually... <laughs> unless something actually happened in my room, or something like that, or, you know, we knew the backstory of why it was called that. I can't really... I can't really give it anything. So, it's tentative. Yeah, definitely tentative. Well, that's Nick's second point to hypnotize, and Imran's got hypnotize on the board finally with tentative, so good job there. There's... There's not much more to say other than Lapan Conjuring. It sounds like you need Reverend Hale from Salem in 1692. Either way, it does transition smoothly into Lost Keys, bracket, blame Hoffman. Who? Dustin Hoffman? I don't know. Versus You Fig. Um, which Hoffman it is, we will never know. But I genuinely really like Lost Keys, Keys blame Hoffman. Um, purely for its ambient uh, soundscape kind of thing. I like the fact that it has an Australian-sounding doctor, um, Dr. Dr. Wasman, I think his name is. Um, I've listened to that song so many times, I keep forgetting his name. You think that doctor's um, Australian? 
He sounds Australian. He's he's got an Australian twang to his voice. Yeah, I I've seen a live video of this uh, of Lost Keys before, and that feedback drone that goes out throughout the whole thing is the bass, and I think that's really impressive. Justin Chancellor, absolute, like yeah, he he is easily one of my favorite bassists of all time. Um, yeah, I I think it's just so impressive that he's able to maintain that drone the whole time. Like, I'm sure he's got a heck ton of effects on top of it, but it's just so impressive. And that riff over the top, just kind of going along that classic Adam Jones Western style riff. Um, you know, it's simple. It's it's what you expect when you hear Adam Jones. Well, this is, I think this is the same case of um, Wings for Marie Part 1, is that it's an intro to the next song, obviously. Um, you fig. Um, I really liked Surge on this song. It was fun. I liked the part. Um, I'm picking Lost Keys. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Nick, where do you stand? My view is Lost Keys, it's three notes. And before the doctor's conversation kicked in, I got so bored, I started just trying to amuse myself with what the soundscape would be. I was like... I've got in my notes here, is it a Meadowfield frolicking soundtrack? Is it crawling through a war-torn ruins? Is it a supervillain cast to solitary confinement? <laughs> and then the doctor's conversation hit. I'm like, oh, okay, so we're in a hospital. My view is this. Lepan Conjuring and Lost Keys, you could probably mesh into t- into one song, and it's they both serve as an intro into the next track. You fig, on the other hand, hmm. Let's chat about that one, Nick. You fig. Well, I don't know exactly what you know. I'm allowed to say on this, but Ufig, ext- for me personally, extremely trippy. Um, I have a certain connection to that song, and to me, it, I don't, I don't even know what it is about Ufig, but it really seems to bring out some sort of um, almost uh, subconscious feeling that I can't explain in it. I, I, I don't know what it is, and I don't know what I would call it, but. Whenever I hear that song, I feel this, uh, I feel this emotion without, um, that I can't even explain of, like, disconnecting from, like, reality almost. It's weird. It's a really strange song to me, and it seems, it does, has that effect to me for no apparent reason. But, um, however, (laughs) Lost Keys, I, mm, eh, I don't, I, I, I get what they're trying to do, and it's cool, but, you know, just to listen to for music, it, you know, like, a couple notes, I, it's just not my kind of style. It's it's an obvi- it's an obvious win for me. Um, you you figure like you just can't. At least for me, you know, like if you just listen to it for you know some music and to just you know enjoy yourself, yeah, it definitely wins. I think you've helped me uh, convince myself that you fig was the way to go. So I'm going to join you there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you fig will get the point. Yeah, Lost Keys is three notes with a doctor conversation going on. Yeah, it's cool and it's interesting, but for music, uh, nah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. For music, it's not really comparable, yeah. at least for me. Yeah, exactly. And clearly yeah. for you there. This this battle I'm interested in. Before we get into it, uh, we'll do a quick score check. For myself, Hypnotize leads 5-2. Uh, 10,000 Days, I believe it is 6-1 for Imran. Uh, and Nick, 4-3, system, uh, system of a Down Trailing. I'm very intrigued by this one. Rosetta Stone versus Holy Mountains. Let's start with Nick on this one. Ah, oh, jeez. All right. It's a tough Holy one, Mountain. I know. This is one of the yeah. toughest ones. 
for two completely different bands, very similar songs, same kind of vibe, I think. Um, give off the same kind of... I don't, I don't know what the word is. If you can help me out here, it's like chant, like a ch- chanting kind. Of, there's no chanting, but it's like that same feeling like of like um, tribal, ch- tribally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like real tribal, real um, pr- primal as well feeling in them. Um, I love Holy Mountains. Uh, I think ultimately it has more, um, more of a somehow has more of an upbeat energy to it you know um even though the drums themselves are pretty simple the lyrics are really simple you know it's just a a lot of humming and harmonizing i think um they do a very good job with those harmonies by the way they do that's it's great it's really good like um, system of a down yeah listening to it it's just like you can really get lost in it it's it's pretty crazy but rosetta stoned it's again what doesn't fool me is the drums. Um, probably I'm biased because I'm a drummer, uh, but it's it's kind of unique for um it's kind of unique for tool. That almost that genty guitar in it, um in some parts, the you know on and off, um along with the real uh, I think it's it's let me just have a quick listen. Yeah, double kick along with that double kick. It's got a real powerful um r- a real powerful bassy. Like, you know when you're walking along and you're going, yeah, like that? I, I, I don't know how to put it. I, I'm really torn between these two. I, I can't... These are the two songs that I'm really struggling to decide upon. Imran, if you got any anything to say here, that would really help me out. I'm struggling. Ha ha ha. then. Picture this, if you will. <laughs> well, um, before I get into Rosetta Stoned, because holy crap. Um, holy Mountain, I cannot discredit that song. That is probably my favourite song on on this album it probably like one of the i wouldn't say top five system riff but it's definitely up there like it's a it's a fantastic riff um i really love the vocals in the verse they're very ominous because the whole song is kind of chugging along and the the vocals are like lagging a bit behind and kind of brooding building up to this this really like amazing chorus not only that it kind of um, lulls you into a uh a false sense of security yeah um yeah it's it's very uh brooding i find um but the um i like how the is it the post like even i think it's the chorus it's really nice i like how it just kind of opens up it's got this really epic feel to it like almost like you're on a holy mountain you're on you're on the side of a mountain just like out in the open there's some wind blowing something weird's happening but it's amazing um, and the fact that the lyric I'll, you're repeating there is freedom, it, it connotes it perfectly. Like, yeah, lulls mm-hmm. you into a false sense of security. The lyric is, "Can you feel the haunting presence?" Yes, you can. They did a great job with building that soundscape, and then they just hit you, bang, and then open, uh, open resolving yeah. chorus. Great job. Yeah, that uh, I like. I said I'm not a fan of this album, but Holy Mountain is definitely a standout. That that's a song I'd go out of my way to listen to. Um, Meanwhile, Rosetta Stoned. This is by far the best song on the album, 100%. It's just non-stop, monstrous, just everything. The the drumming in particular, I think the drumming is the one thing that stands out on this track. But this is my favourite Maynard vocal track, 100%. It's, he's got this weird stream of consciousness going out throughout the whole thing. 
um, with his vocals. It's like half the time he's not even singing. He's just like kind of speaking really fast. And yeah, the there's so many different rhythms happening. I like the little splashes of synth that come in here and there. Um, just all of the riffs. There are some classic lines in it, just like about how he was abducted by aliens and the whole story of it's amazing. You know, they, they chose me and I didn't even graduate from high school. I, I love that line so much. It gets me every time. By far, I think the best part of this song is the solo. It's it's really weird, but the the best part about it is the is the rhythm. The rhythmic parts, which is Justin and Danny. They are absolute machines in that part. They're just constantly... They've got so many weird rhythms going at the same time. Happening at the same time. And then Adam is doing some weird... I don't know what effects he's got on his guitar, but it just sounds super... It almost sounds like this alien coming down to get you. Um, or like trying to speak to you almost. It's it's so weird and I love it. And I love how the solo goes into the next part, which goes into that really big verse. And then there's the, of course, the big distorted scream at the end. Uh, I wish this was a tougher choice. I really love Holy Mountain, but Rosetta Stone by far. What are you going to say, Nick? Oh, it's, I've got to say, it's it's Holy Mountain for me. It's just the whole feeling of the song. It wins it for me. Time for a story, Imran and Nick. Uh-oh. As I, oh. mentioned at the very, <laughs> as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, Tool I've only been exposed to through knowing Imran. I have explored System of a Down before, but it hasn't been that deep of a dive. I was relieved to hear that when Nick said Attack was one of the first songs... Uh, of System of a Down he heard. Not, obviously, probably not the first, but one of. The very first System of a Down song I was ever introduced to by a mate of mine was Holy Mountains. So it was. it's surprising to think that it's a hypnotised deep cut that introduced me to the band, but that connection alone and being enamoured by that intro and for all the reasons I just mentioned before through to Imran is basically me being completely biased and I have to pick Holy Mountains. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad I you, you said at the top of the show, oh, it was a hypnotized track that got you into the band, because I was thinking, the yeah. Holy Mountains has got to be a very strange song to get into the band. Yeah, it is, but it's 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 so good. <laughs> you can't argue, it's so good. It is. <laughs> yeah, the, what, what more can you say other than, let's move on. Intention versus vicinity of obscenity. Ah, right, <laughs> okay. Vicinity of obscenity. Ah. I'm very thankful, Imran, we did do a podcast on Angel Dust because I put in my notes here that Vicinity of Obscenity, at least in the intro, for a minute I thought I was listening to Crack Hitler. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then it just goes bang, and I've written down Armenian Mr. Bungle. I've only listened to one Mr. Bungle track since recording that uh, podcast, and that's the uh, Travolta track. And I'm like... Right, that is carny as balls. But yep. it was the only comparison I could make when that song just went bang. Yeah, this entire song is so wacky. It is, it's, it's goofy. It's, it's a goofball song. It's the lyrics are literally banana, 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 terracotta pie. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. and then it <laughs> turns into a disco song all of a sudden. Yeah, there's yeah. a weird disco yeah, song. There's some, yeah. It's crazy. And the funny part is, I genuinely really like this song. I, like, I unironically love Serge's vocals on this. Like, he actually goes hard and nails those vocals. And it's crazy. It's crazy how well done some of the parts are in this. 
There's the part towards the end where they do the big ah, part where <laughs> there are some crazy like guitar sounds that I'm just like, oh, those actually sound really cool. And there's some like what like the even those like wah sounds during the disco part. I'm just like all of it's just done really well. It's a really weird goofy song, but it's just done like super well. And I don't know how I feel about it. There's a specific vocal, high-pitched vocal in vicinity that I will say is objectively terrible. I hate it. But there are so many <laughs> other parts that you have described there, Imran, that, yeah, they're phenomenal. It's like, you just have to throw your hands in the air, like, right, you, you've won me yeah. over. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no argument about it. It's a good song. I this um I remember this being, I think, one of the first songs um, I heard off of this album, like a snippet of it, and I'm like, what the frick? It's it's weird. Um, yeah, Intention, on the other hand, is this super serious brooding track that goes for like seven minutes. Um, this is one of the few instances where I think this is slightly long for a tool track. But this is another track that I really like as well, actually. it's I, I think it's really cool how... there's I feel like there's not much going on in this track, but I feel like it kind of works because it's got this weird emptiness at the start you got the the weird wobbly bass line that's like kind of moving the the guitar riff um reminds me of another tool track on lateralis called uh disposition it's got the like bass harmonies and stuff i think maynard's vocals on this are a bit underwhelming um they're very simple like he's not doing much but i do really like where when the electronic drum like part comes in because i feel like it brings this track to life almost it reminds me of an Aphex Twin song. Not a specific one, just Aphex Twin in general. But yeah, there's a nice riff at that part too that I really like. Um, and I have not chosen which one I like better yet, so I'm going to need you guys to go. Please. What do you say, Nick? I'm going to go vicinity. Well, my little story is uh, after I had recently bought uh, the CD album of Hypnotize, um, again, I hadn't, you know... I hadn't listened to all this stuff in it as much because it, you know, isn't one of the more popular albums. But I was listening to it in the car, driving along, and then <laughs> Vicinity of Obscenity came on. And I was like, what on earth is this? Like, what is this song? This is crazy. I have my girlfriend next to me, and she's going, I love this song. This is awesome. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, she's not, she's not into that kind of, you know, metal or anything like that, especially some of it down. Very, very strange. But, you know, this song came on, and she... She liked it. Like, you know, it, it, it's a great great song. It's so weird, as you guys were saying before. It's so weird, but it's so well done. It's the en- <laughs> the energy in it. It's, I don't know, it almost reminds me of, like, a, it almost makes you feel like a kid, like, just running around the house. It's nuts. I love it. It's so good. However, intention, I I don't know. That's not my kind of energy of song. It's it's kind of, again, you know, I, I see what they're doing. I get the whole, you know, dark, you know, you know, powerful sort of feeling they're going for, but as music to listen to, it's not for me. It's not the sort of thing that I I would want to listen to as a song. So it's definitely, for me, vicinity of obscenity. Yeah, good, because good, I got a bit bored listening to Intention. Sorry, Imra. Nah, I, as much as I like Intention, it is a little bit long. I, I think it could have cut down a little bit and it would have been a bit better. I love how you're saying um, this one's a bit long. It's not even the longest song on the album. <laughs> I know. I, I'm very aware. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to pick Vicinity too. I love Intention, but I I can't go past the, the, 
banana terracotta pie. Yeah, banana, 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 banana terracotta, banana terracotta pie. Yeah, and I just love how it goes from something out of Mr. Bungle straight into disco. That's again, you got to throw your hands in the air. Like, well, what else can they throw at me? We'll do a quick score update because we have only got a few tracks to go. Currently, the scores stand like this. For myself, Hypnotizer's in the lead 7-2. Nick, Hypnotizer's now taking the lead 5-4. But Imran, 10,000 days, still comfortably in the lead 6-2. Wait, wait. I just looked at the sheet here. I need to correct an error here. Imran, it's not 6-2... 10,000 days, it's 7-2, to two, so my apologies there. But, uh, yeah, still uh, a convincing lead here. I think what's going to happen here is, Nick, you are now the deciding factor of who wins this battle. Let's move oof. on here. <laughs> Let's move All on right. here. We'll get your thoughts first. However, Imran and Nick, I need to remind you here, this is a PG podcast. Right into versus She's Like Heroin. Nick, what have you got? What are your thoughts on these two? All right. Starting off with She's Like Heroin. Um, avoiding, you know, the lyrics, specifically what the song's about, it is musically a great song. It's very catchy. It's actually one of the um, songs off the album that I find myself singing along to a lot, just out of nowhere. I'll just catch myself doing it. Um, <laughs> which, so I'll be walking I, down the street, and I'm like, that. and then I'll be like, oh, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't be saying that out loud. It doesn't sound so good, out of context. But, you know, it's... It, <laughs> I can confirm that. You've been around yeah. me a few times and you've just like randomly started singing that and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah. You, you definitely have to know the song, otherwise it's a bit, uh, a bit concerning yeah. even. <laughs> um, <laughs> right in two, however, it opens up very, eh. I'm like, ah, you know, cool, but not really my kind of thing. However, the build-up, when the, you know, like the, the, uh, what's the, what's the word? The soloing and the, um, the fills start kicking in, especially with the drums and, uh, you know, the guitar soloing, it's incredible. Nearly said a bad word. It's incredible. <laughs> um, like, I I love it. I But it's, again, like I was saying about um, uh, She's Like Heroin, it's not something that's, at least to me personally, catchy. Not something that, um, you know, will really stick in my head, which personally to me is really important because, you know, I find, you know, if a song's catchy and it sticks in your head and you end up singing it out loud without even meaning to, that's a good song. They did a good job. Obviously, you know, there's, you know, you can argue about that, but to me personally, you know, it's it's about, you know, if it catches and if it sticks, and that song definitely sticks to me. So, straight up, she's like heroin definitely wins. Fair enough. I don't share the same sentiment about she's like heroin. Oof. I mean, it's catchy. There are some cool harmonies, I guess, you know, like, but I I don't know why I just don't like that song. Don't like the funk. I, I don't know. Like, it is it is catchy. I would say it's it's a fun song. If it came on randomly in, like, some event and everyone was dancing to it, I would probably dance to it. But I just don't like it. I don't know why. It's... I can relate to a certain one... extent, Imran. Vicinity did it better than this one. 100%. I would rather listen to Vicinity than to She's Like Heroin. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't click in my brain. And I don't know why. Right in 2, on the other hand, it's, I, this song is definitely a, a little bit lackluster for a Tool song. The first part of it, before the, the weird drum solo interlude thing, is a little bit, like, eh. Um, I like Maynard's vocals, 
and I like the weird tremolo bass thing going on with the weird like the pitch shifting. The chorus I think is really solid. Um, but yeah, that middle part with the the weird breakdown and the drums and the bass go absolutely insane. Where in that middle riff, um, or in the middle verse, sorry, um, where Maynard's got that weird whispery vocals going. Um, there is some brutal stuff going on there, and then they've got those um, polyrhythms happening with the like the guitar riff and the bass and drums kind of slowing down and like working with it. Um, it's a solid song, but yeah, apart from that, like apart from that middle section and the chorus, nothing really, nothing else about that song does it for me. I am gonna pick it over "She's Like Heroin" though, because it, purely for the drums and the bass. Um. Let me just say, about uh, She's Like Heroin, something that stands out to me was, uh, you know, one time I was driving home from uh, my old job in a specifically bad mood, and uh, I was listening to the album, that song came on, and it has a, almost, like a, like a crazy, or like, unstable, or like, you know, insanity vibe, you know, yeah, exactly. Feeling to it that really spoke to me in that moment when I was really on edge, and I just like oh, you know, I was screaming along to the lyrics on the way home, and it you know it really spoke to me. I just got to you know really let my like frustration out. Um, so again, that that's not that's another one of System songs that really connects with me, just just purely on an energy level. It doesn't really matter what it's about. It's just about you know the feeling of the song and and you know just the the, the unstableness of it. So yeah, that's that's definitely why I, I would pick that one. I'm going to go with Imran here and go right in too. Ooh. I was not expecting that, Jason. No, there was something about Maynard's delivering the chorus and when all the instrumentation came together and give that bit of push to it that I took a little bit of a liking to. And there were certain moments with Adam Jones's guitar and the bends that he's doing in this song. It's like, that perked my ear a little bit. And I don't quite know why, but it was one of those elements that kind of set this song apart than the other songs that are on this album that I was sitting here I'm bored, can you hurry up please, there was a, enough there to keep me curious in writing too it is it is a bit of a curious song and to your point, the, the drum work and the bass work is top notch so yeah for those reasons that Imran had mentioned and just by the general curiosity around it for me, I want to I wanna give my point to writing too Trader. Interesting song. <laughs> now, we're at a point here where we've still got two tracks left on Hypnotize and the Gold Star Rule is going to kick in, but we are at the end of 10,000 Days, thus being the end of the Tool discography for a good 13 years. And it was Viginti Tress versus Lonely Day. Nick, Lonely Day wins. Yeah. Lonely Day wins. Yeah, you can't, I'm sorry. I, I love Tool, but I don't even know what that song was, to be honest. I, I just kind of like, it's the kind of thing... No offense to the tool, but it comes on. I'm like, all right, skip. <laughs> I, not really. Not 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 mine. Lo- um, Lonely Day, however, you know, it a very powerful song. Um, yeah. It's 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 kind of thing you can listen to in a lot of different moods. You know, the chill mood. You know, you you get in the right mood for it. But it's also something that I think like um, if you're really, you know, in a situation of whether it's you you're just feeling down or you're going through something really you know really bad. Lonely Day is something that can really speak to you. It's it, it's a really powerful song, I think. it It's, I don't know, it really stands out to me in this album. I really like it, so. Yeah, take a moment to acknowledge when you might be in a bit more of a down mood than you typically would be, or finding a bit of comfort in solitude. 
Yeah. And I would also say, I think there is a dual guitar solo, if I'm not mistaken, on Lonely on Lonely Day. I reckon that's one of the highlights of the album, that particular bit. Yep. Yep. But, Virginity Tress, I, I don't even, like... This song annoyed me when I heard it. Yeah, I was like, what are they doing? Like, why do they end it on that? Like, I don't, wouldn't mind it in the album so much, but as the final song, it was a bit of a letdown. Here's my notes, Nick. Virginity yeah. Tress, ambience for a full minute. Update, three <laughs> minutes. Asterisk, five minutes in all caps. Yep, yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it, it, was, it was disappointing, to say the least. Um... Again, I, I I totally get what Tool's doing and everything, you know, like the the like the message and the feeling that they're trying to give out. But you know, when I bought the album, I was like, "Bruh, come on! I I bought this, <laughs> like, man, you know, like, dude." <laughs> I feel like we're about to throw over to Imran, and he's just gonna go. And so my pick is Virginity Tress. Yeah, for real. This is where this is going. I've been waiting for this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Look, I'm actually kind of torn because, holy crap, what a boring song. The most boringest song of my life. (laughs) I actually, I I don't like Lonely Day. It's so boring. Damn. There's like... Nothing about it that piques my interest. I listen to it and I'm like, oh no, not this song. <laughs> um, but then again, Virginity Tress is five minutes of nothing. So, <laughs> do I pick Tool to spite System of a Down, or do I pick System <laughs> of a Down to because Tool have given me absolutely nothing to listen to? <laughs> Can I skip? Can That's I skip the this shadiest one? thing you've ever said on this show, Imran. Oh, damn. <laughs> can I please skip this one? I don't. Oh, I love it when the spike point comes out. I love it. Oh my god. What are you gonna What's do, Imran? Check at the... Can you score check me at the moment? Oh, it's a comfortable win for ten thousand days at this one. I can give you that for free. It's eight two. Screw it. I'll pick Lonely Day, but I absolutely hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest debate we've ever had on this show. <laughs> With that, that was 10,000 days. That was the tool discography for another... There you go. You, Virginity Tress ends, and then you have to wait another 13 years for another track. How about that? God, what an underwhelming What a letdown. What an... Oh. Man, just... Oh, I, I don't think I'd... I'll be so happy if I never have to listen to that song again. All right. This is where the gold star rule kicks in, Nick and Imran. It's soldier side. So pretty much what we're going to do here is we can give this song a bonus point if A, you would actively seek that song out again, B, if you think it goes up again, if you put that song up against any other tool track or a vast majority of tool tracks from 10,000 Days, it would win, or if there's any other personal reason as to why you think it deserves a bonus point, give it a bonus point. Nick, do you think you will? Jeez. Um, Soldier Side is an absolutely fantastic song. Um, I the message within the song is I'm not I'm not the kind of person which uh, being a musician I might get hate for this, <laughs> but I'm not the kind of person that is 
listens to lyrics very strongly, partly because I'm kind of deaf and struggle to do so. Um, but Soldier Side is it, you know, it's a very, a very meaningful and impactful song. You know, the, the lyrics as well. Like even I can tell that. So listening to it, it it really does stand out in that way. Um, I think I think it does deserve the bonus point because it's. It it's it's just, it's one of those songs that when I'm listening to it, it, it makes you think, and, and you know, it, it, it makes you feel. It really does make you feel. It's 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 very powerful, very impactful. So just for those points alone, I think it does deserve, you know, just that little bonus point, you know, just a little bonus point, just because it's it it was written it was written so carefully and so well that yeah, it just really stands out. I agree. I'm gonna give it a point because I I think this is. Next to Holy Mountain, the best song on on the album. Yeah. I think I think the drums on it are very understated but very impactful. They're like they're not prominent, but I feel like they do a lot in the song to for for what the song is doing. Um, like you said, Nick, as well, the lyrics I think uh, there it's one I'm I'm like you, Nick. I don't listen to lyrics a lot, like or like analyze lyrics a lot. Yeah. Um, but. This is one of the songs where, like, it makes you want to listen to the lyrics. Like, you want to stop and be like, well, what are they saying? Yeah. Um, like, oh, what are they really saying to me? Um, it's one of those songs. I think this was a perfect ending to a very below-average album. So, I'm going to give it a point. Um, also, just one point I missed before is Soldier Side is one of the only songs um, just ever... To really give me very clear, very distinct visuals, as um as, as to what I'm picturing on my head when I'm listening to it, uh, you know, like you know, usually I'll listen to something I'm just enjoying myself and going along to it, and maybe a song might make me feel something, and I get a very vague, very indistinct idea of what's going on, but like Soldiers Hide really puts a picture on my head of what at least what I think that they're trying to say, you know, I, I it really gives me strong visuals of what I think they're trying to tell me, so. That that's that's also why it really stands out to me. Imran, I've got a question for you in, regarding instruments because I couldn't quite put my finger on how to describe the instrumentation. I kind of want to hear a breakdown from you because honestly, I could go either way. I could leave it or give it a bonus point. But there were moments in Soldier Side I wanted to ask you about because there's some very I I couldn't quite put my finger on to describe it with the right words. So what have you got instrumentally to? instrumentally to describe soldier side um i didn't actually write many notes about this song i just wrote my key thing was the drums okay um that i think was the the standout part i know that there's like a a very subtle orchestration in the background there's a few guitars going on in there in terms of instrumentation 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 great english um, bleh, <laughs> um yeah, I'm not actually too sure, but musically, I think it's really fascinating because it switches up halfway through and it goes to that, welcome to the soldier, that part. Um, I think that transitions really nicely from uh, from what it was beforehand because it sounds kind of odd, but it works so well. And especially because that's how Mesmerize starts. And this is how Hypnotize ends. It's like a... They're, they're like bookends. So, yeah, I think 
as a song, it really it's it works really well, and the transitions are very well done. I think this conversation has swayed me. I could have gone either way. I'll give it a bonus with you. Uh, good chat. I was very. <laughs> it was great to learn a thing or two from the two of you guys with that. And with that, we've completed the battle. Congratulations, guys. Yay. Oh, nice. Well. With that, let's add up all of our tallies and see where the grand points are lying. We'll start with myself, which is Hypnotize wins 9-3. to three. So that's 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 one, all ready to hypnotize. Imran, comfortable win for 10,000 days. That makes it uh, one apiece. So, as it became apparent as the battle went on, it all rests on our guest. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, the final... Scores are standing as this. Nick, Hypnotize has eked out the win. It came back as the battle went on. Final score, oh. eight to four. Damn. Oh. Hypnotize has done it. And I don't think Imran's very happy with this result. He's, he's... I am not. <laughs> Imran, I'm sorry. I've I'm let you down. you. <laughs> I've let you down. Don't kick me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I've got to discuss it with the band now. Oh, no. I'm uh, Just, by the way, Sin Media and the Great Metal Standoff do not claim responsibility for the breakup of the band Flood. This is... <laughs> <laughs> it's all on you guys. <laughs> no, Hypnotize has done it. So we have collectively decided, well, the two of us have, that Hypnotize had the better album to end their discography on before a extended hiatus. There we go. With that being said, like at the start of the show we were talking about, this is a joke that has been irrelevant for a good two years. So let's end this conversation with this. Imran and Nick, what were your thoughts on Fear Inoculum when that came out? When it first came out, my first listen, um, I was slightly disappointed but it's grown on me. It's not my favorite Tool album. It, I don't think it'll ever take number one. But what is yours? I think there are some. My number one. Yeah. I think is, personally, I think is Undertow. But although that answer has switched and probably will switch in the future, um, but for the moment it's been Undertow for a while. So, but yeah, Fear Inoculum. I think there are some good songs on that. The whole the album as a whole bit eh but like songs on it uh there are some good ones what do you say nick <laughs> it's funny you ask because that's literally the only album i pretty much listen to zero songs of i have literally listened to almost every song of every other album just by chance you ask me that i have barely listened to one song of neither it. have i so <laughs> this would have been a good gauge to see if it was worth it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I can give you the songs that are worth listening to if you want. Fire yeah, away, uh, off of Fear Inoculum, just to say to save yourselves. Well, the title track, Fear Inoculum, I'd say is worth listening to. Uh, Numa, hundred um, percent. Invincible, uh, Descending, and Seven Empest. Also, Chocolate Chip Trip. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. a five minute five minute synth slash drum solo from Danny Carey. It's so good. Fantastic. And also on the other side, System of a Down, they're another band. They went on hiatus. They 
released Hypnotize in 2005, and then they went 14 years without releasing any full-length album. They are still yet to release another full-length album. However, in 2020, just a year ago, they came out out of the blue with Genocidal Humanoids and Protect the Land. Imran, Nick, did you I hear those it. songs? How'd you, what'd you mm. think of them? Of course I did. Yes. I, I love them. I honestly, at first I was like, it, it, it was like when a like a movie studio releases a um like like a sequel to a movie you love and you're worried like oh no please don't ruin it nope they didn't I loved them they were so good they they portrayed both sides of their music you know one one really chill, like genocidal humanoids you know really like, out there aggressive um what's the other one called um protect the land protect the land you know a lot, a lot more mellow a lot more chill like I just it was perfect they they did exactly what i wanted them to they showed both sides of the type of style of music and like you know the the, the level of just mu- musical talent was still there i loved it i agree i i like how they showed the their more crazy wild aggressive side and they're more like um i feel like the protect the land was i could have been something off of mesmerize that the kind of gave me that vibe and Genocide of Humanoids was just wacky, crazy, black metal style yep. cra- stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I love those two songs too. There you go. So at least, at least things are looking up in the system of down camp between the three of us here. So to yeah. wrap things up a little bit, Imran and Nick, what would you name as your top three of both Ten Thousand Days and Hypnotize? Um, I'm gonna start with Hypnotize, Holy Mountain. Vicinity of Obscenity and Soldier Side. Those are the only three songs I really liked off the album, not going to lie. Um, and 10,000 Days, um, Jambi, Rosetta Stoned, 100%. And The Pot. Yep. Ah, oh, jeez. For me, starting with um, Hypnotize, probably I loved Kill Rock and Roll. Vicinity of Obscenity, and she's like heroin. Uh, 10,000 Days, The Pot, first, you know, love it. Uh, Jambi, second, and then Closer Viserius. Oh, yes, Vicarious, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I, th- those are pretty solid picks, solid picks. Again, the one thing I'm very thankful for doing this podcast is now I can, I've got a new tool song to seek out and enjoy in Vicarious, so... Uh, that was a yeah. that was a fun discovery for that one. And uh, yeah, Nick, I'm very happy that Imran invited you onto this show to do this battle. We had Jack on yeah. for a three-way earlier this year, uh, the Flood guitar player. It was fun having a chat with him earlier this year, but it's great to have more members of Flood on just, yeah, have uh, you know Imran and his mate talk music. It was really enjoyable having you on. Yeah, man, it's now. been... It's been great to be here. Like, you know, thank you. I've really enjoyed this. This has been absolutely amazing. Yeah, you've definitely got to get Jet here. It should be, it should be amazing as well. But, like, you know, I hope to come back sometime. This yeah, has been hopefully great. this so, is the first yeah, of many. I'd be me. very excited for more of these to happen. Yeah. Um, to send you off, Imran and Nick, once again, give all the li- give the listeners all the information they need to know about your band, Flood. Flood. Jeez. Um, well, we're on Instagram and Facebook. On, on Facebook, we're Flood, all caps, obviously. Uh, Instagram, <laughs> I think our handle is Flood Official Flood Posting, uh, for some reason. Um, we don't have any music out at the moment, but we will eventually. Just spoiler, spoiler. We've um, got a, uh, a, a a certain a certain type of drink type song coming <laughs> coming out. 
A what? <laughs> Red Bull, bro. <laughs> oh, dude, spoilers. 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 <laughs> Flood will give you wings. Um, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, we may or may not have a song named after a famous drink. Anyway, yeah, go follow us. Please stay tuned. We will release music. We will do gigs eventually when we get Definitely. together. Yeah. Can I take a guess and to say that when you named your Instagram page Flood Official Flood Posting to mistake people to think that you're a memes page? Probably. <laughs> probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to lie. I think I came up with that. So. <laughs> what, a, Bro, what a mastermind it, it, I, you are, Imran. This is why you're my new oh, co-host. Yeah. <laughs> uh, originally, especially, it was pretty much a meme page anyway. Like, there's more memes yeah. than music. <laughs> I deleted all of them. Don't worry. Except oh, my like, God. Except I think there's a Limp Biscuit one on there. <laughs> Go check out the page. Check the Limp Biscuit memes. Yeah, for real. <laughs> well, anyway, this should be uh, the final Great Metal standoff of the year, so it's very nice to send, end it, send 2021 off with a flood chat. Uh, Imran, hopefully we'll see you in the new year as a, a bigger yeah. and better co-host as the podcasts go on. And Nick, hopefully you're back on the standoff soon. I hope to be. Thank you. If there's one thing I've learned from this battle, Salty Imran is just so entertaining. Plus, Nick was a fun bundle of energy to chat to, and our thanks once again for him stopping by on the standoff as he was the deciding factor for System of a Down Hypnotize to get the win over Tool. One final time, rapid fire, if you want to be one of the first people to hear how Imran and Nick's banter translates to music, follow the band Flood on Facebook, with Flood, type in Flood, search them up, all caps, it's Flood, and also search them up on Instagram, at Flood Official Flood Posting. I swear that's just a memes page, but it'll translate to music eventually, let's hope. And of course, you can follow this show on Facebook, at Metal Standoff Pod, and catch previous shows of this very podcast on your preferred podcast platform. And thus, that marks the final standoff for 2021. Whether you've tuned in all year or if this is your first time, thank you very much for listening. Let's hope bigger and better things are ahead in 2022. Plus, don't forget, this podcast runs in conjunction with Sin Media's main metal show, Mosh Pit on Sin, which will return to the airwaves starting late January 2022 from the usual Thursday nights, 8pm on 90.7 FM, DAB Digital Radio, or from your preferred device at syn.org.au. That's all for now. Until next time, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, metal up your ass.